Hi, welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. I'm Michelle Doherty. And I'm Emily Lane. We are BFFs dedicated to bringing you conversations between girlfriends over a bottle of wine. Oh, I am so excited about the wine part. Oh, me too. So pull up a chair, grab your glass, and let's get talking. Hey, 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 Emily. Hey, 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 Michelle. There is my favorite intro. I know. It's because we have these headphones on today that I thought, oh, I would go ahead and give you the hey, hey, hey. Give me a little old school action. Yeah, give you a little season one I intro. Love it. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, how are you? I am I'm fabulous. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here. And uh, yeah, happy, happy to have more wine and have more wonderful more, conversation. More cheese, more wonderful guests. I know. Our spread just keeps getting bigger with each other. Okay, <laughs> listener, she's referring to the amount of food that we're eating, not yeah. our actual spreads. I want everyone to know that. Some of us are a little sensitive. <laughs> um, but yes, we do. We're, our, our, our selection. That's true. Our edibles. <laughs> our, the selection is getting a yes. little bit more diverse than just uh, sliced American cheese mm-hmm. and white bread. Here, let's not get wasted on the show. That's right. How so, about you? How are you doing, Michelle? I'm doing I'm doing really well. You yeah. had a comedy showcase this last weekend, your first public comedy showcase. I did. I was I was part of an improv group this past weekend. It was so much fun. How did it feel? Like I was uh, supposed to be there. Right. Yeah. It's just, I, I really love improv and I love uh, the support and the being able to perform with other veteran, mm-hmm. like, or not other veteran, but really veteran players mm-hmm. uh, was a lot of fun. I love that. And, That's um, great. Yeah. And I'll be doing it again in a couple of weeks. Well, I did get a chance to catch it on on Facebook, it was the the shows, yeah. and it was just yeah. it was just great. You could tell it was a good crowd, and everybody seemed to be on. Right. Was, I wonder if we could share it to our clearly speaking I page. I bet we could. If there's like no attachment issues, yeah. You know. Yeah, well, well, let's look into that. We will. You know, yeah. I, you know, more people that watch, the better. You know how that is. Absolutely. And you know, speaking of people watching. Mm-hmm. Today's episode is going to be extra fun for our listeners because they're going to get to watch our guest um, in a little bit of a different manner. Do you want to introduce her? And Absolutely. Just- we have with us today um, a friend of ours from Kansas City, Missouri, um, Rachel Ellen. She is joining us uh, via Zoom. And we are so excited to have her. You know, listeners, we have concentrated mostly on um, women who are in St. Louis. We did have one guest who was not in St. Louis last last season, and that was Dana Powell. And so um, we're branching out some more, and we've um, you know we're reaching across the state and including um, this phenomenal, phenomenal woman, Rachel Allen, to our podcast today. So, Rachel, say hello to everybody out there in listener land. Hello, everybody. I got to tell you, I just had a like a Millie Vanilla moment. Oh, you did? It was great. Wonderful. And <laughs> I only reside in Kansas City, but I did. I was in I was in St. Louis for five years. Right, right. Yeah, we actually lived on the same street, but we missed Without, each other by like, a, by like a year. Yeah, mm-hmm. across the and street from where I live now. So that's kind of mm-hmm. that's kind of um, pretty cool about how it's small the world really is. Weird. You know, small world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I met Rachel uh, several years ago, about five years ago, when mm-hmm. I was uh, suffering from, well, you know, the the latest heartbreak. <laughs> 
And I had actually been, I was flying back from visiting that, that, that boyfriend at the time. And the, my, um, I was having to have a layover in Kansas City and another friend in town, uh, Kathy, whom we have heard on the show before, she called you and said, hey, I have a heartbroken girlfriend getting off the plane. Can you go pick her up? Go pick her up and, and, and give her drinks. <laughs> and give her drinks. And you did just that. Not only drinks, but hot wings too. And it was like the perfect thing I needed because otherwise I would have just gone to my hotel room and, you know, cried while, all night long and drinks without girlfriends right right because there was Not no clearly speaking the podcast for me to listen to and drink along with but um <laughs> yeah so in that conversation five years ago i learned that rachel is an author she has uh, lived all over the world including my street in st louis and that she has um pursued her dreams and sometimes had she liked to call herself a serial divorcee. So she liked because she perf- she perf- she has perfected the art of divorce. How many divorces have you had? Three divorces. Okay. Four husbands. Oh, okay. That's so I am a hopeless romantic because I, I believe it will work. And I have now come to the age where I have figured out most of it. And part of the marriage ceremony is I have the ability to kill you. So I don't ever have to be a divorcee again. Oh, fantastic. That's another oh. way to uh, to uh, uh-huh. not up your streak on that. Well, <laughs> and I remember asking you because you had not you were not married to um, your man when we uh, met five years yeah. ago. And you were like, well, yeah. Michelle, the secret is you have to have find somebody who <laughs> absolutely adores you and will do anything for you. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, that I sounds like it. a great plan. And <laughs> yeah. preferably one that has money. Oh, yeah. 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 At this age, for me, at this age, money is a, a good retirement plan, a good stock portfolio, lots of cash in the bank. That really helps. Sure. I, you could definitely expand on the, uh, there was, what's the adage, like, marry first time for love, second time for money. Although, like, exactly. you know, since you've been married three times, maybe maybe there's love and then hope and then money. <laughs> you know, it, I think it was, it was love at least twice. And then, you know, the, the, the third might've been, oh, he's fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then the fourth was definitely, um, I can't see my life without your laugh. Oh that was, yeah. That was the first time for me when I, I looked at someone and said, my life is a lot better with you in it. Oh, so. great. What is his name? Yeah, I'm like, ah, Scott. Scott. Okay, oh. sweet. Is he the one that brought you the wine? Yes. Oh. And the vodka. Oh. And the <laughs> And he just bought me two bottles of gin today. I mean, yeah. Uh-huh. Wow, he yeah. is a provider. He is a, a I like him. And he knows that I'm the princess of the pea. I like my sheets done every three days. And he has um kind of a 24-hour job where he's on call a lot. So he's my sheet washer. Wow. I know. The Does he have a brother? Kind of patter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was like, I just get excited if like the trash gets taken out. <laughs> or it's done. Done. You know? I know. I know. You, you're, you're, t- you're like, I want lists. It's really interesting after 50. Really interesting. 
Breathing is still, still <laughs> a qualifier. Still a part of that list. <laughs> Breathing, you know, healthy. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's. We're taking a sip, all of us at the same mm-hmm. time, taking a sip of our wine, and uh, we have um, two different bottles that we're we drinking do. here. Emily's yeah. going to introduce what we're drinking here in St. Louis, and then okay. Rachel will have you introduce what you're drinking in Kansas City. Yes. So um, we are back in France, and, and we selected this bottle knowing that Rachel was going to be drinking a bottle and that's also French. So we thought, oh, what do we have in our catalog of wines to choose from? So we went to the Rhone region, and um, this is uh, made by Pierre Legrand. It is a 2016 60% Syrah, 40% Gamay. So this is a declassified wine because it's got that Gamay grape in it. It, it, you can't actually say like, oh, this is from Cornas or, you know, p- the specific region within Rhone. It is from northern Rhone, but um, it has that Gamay grape, which is typical of Beaujolais. So it's really interesting when you, when you you know, get on the nose on this. You do, I mean, I get that the Syrah qualities going on. I got that spice and that leather, a little bit of that forest mushroomy kind of floor going on. I'm getting some black currants, some dark cherry on the nose. And then on the palate, I'm getting some plum and blueberry and some violet. What about you, Michelle? I, well, I'm sure my our listeners are not going to be disappointed in the fact that I did not smell or any of that <laughs> stuff at all. No, I've been working my glass a lot more than you have yours. <laughs> Emily has been working her glass a lot more than I mm-hmm. have. Yeah, um, I've been getting some air in it. go to work for NASA. The way she can do that gyro <laughs> she just, is she like, she takes this. She takes this glass that has this large opening into the top and she like <laughs> swishes the wine around and I... I feel uncomfortable if I'm not in a, like a full raincoat or something because if I, I do it, it's going to splash. It's this magic, like it doesn't go. It just swirls <laughs> in a beautiful red. And I'm thinking, oh. yeah, it's scary. No, and, and she's right. sitting she's before the show. She's like, give it, give it a swirl, Michelle. Give it a swirl. Yes. And I'm like Emily, I'm going to spill. And I'm like, you do it. You do I'm, it. I'm letting centripetal force give it its uh, See, aerate it. Watch everybody on YouTube. See how <laughs> she does go. that. No, oh my gosh. No, not going to do that. No, I'm and I'm like this. Well, it 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 we did just open this right away. Well, um, and I I did say that I hope I like it by the time the show's over because it'll have had enough time to breathe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's I think it's there. I think it's it's fabulous. Um, I, I am convinced that once it gets a little more air to it, it'll be more in in the wheelhouse that you like. I also think that. You know, it is um, one one of those wines that'll work great with barbecue season, which is on our doorstep. And um, I think it is a great value wine. It's it's on sale right now at the Wine Merchant for twelve ninety nine. I do see this priced pretty typically in that eighteen to twenty three dollar price point. So I'm going to get some bottles. And I think it being a twenty sixteen, still pretty young. It'll it'll hang in there for a while yet. Well, nice. That's yeah. Emily finds the silver lining in every bottle of wine that she <laughs> drinks. You know, I have such a much more discerning palate, right? <laughs> That's at least I'm going to stick with that. I, um, you can you can buy as many bottles of this as you want. Okay. Um, I I won't be. You're not going to be fighting. I'm not going to be them? fighting you for for this. Now at the end of the show, I might uh, might change my mind because I'll have sat here and and breathe a little longer, but. This is um, 
This is like a, a pair of Fruit of the Loom panties that somebody gave you for Christmas that you didn't really ask for. Oh, okay. Nor do you actually want to eat. <laughs> Nor do you actually want to eat. You know, it doesn't matter how many times you wash them, they still suck. I'm sorry. I was, oh, I'm sorry that you're saying Fruit of the Loom. Like, I was thinking of, like, the... No, Fruit, fruit of the Loom panties. Oh, so I was thinking of, what are those edible panties? Great. They're made with, like... Yeah, they're like fruit rolls. They're actually made out oh, of God, like... Oh, God, no, no, no. No, I was talking about a, a pair of panties, or, you know, that, you know, somebody somebody thought you just needed more underwear for Christmas, and so they just, you know, pick, okay. picked you up an eight-pack. I was just with a friend who had his card hacked, and he was on the phone canceling the card, and he said, what, what do you think I bought? And so the, the card... Customer service says you bought X Y Z, and so he, you know, and literally, it's a guy. He's yeah. like, and he goes, "It was women's gorgeous women's underwear," and he goes, "Damn, I have good taste." <laughs> you know, when my card got hacked a couple weeks ago, they bought pizza. <laughs> so for me, yeah, I ended up like calling my kids first and going, "Who said you could order pizza?" You know, <laughs> without asking, and they're like, "We didn't do it." So, you know, it's kind of funny. I wonder where he. Where was the last place that he had um, used his so car? Around here, it's been gas stations. They that, have yeah. The, oh, mm-hmm. they hit. They. Yeah, hit, so. I think they hit the Quick Trip by my house because that's you, the. And Quick Trip's really good about you know monitoring all that. But I'm like, are you not like going up there and like forcibly touching the credit card holder? And he's like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, now huh. every time I I pump gas, I'm always like checking my balance and everything to make sure that it. It hasn't. And yeah. And so, now it makes it too easy. You get the balance alert. Oh, you just spent, you know, XYZ at wherever. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm not familiar with this. This What's happening with the gas stations when you're using your car? Skimmer. They put yeah. this little piece on the top of the credit card company. Yeah, Rachel used to design shit. Um, <laughs> and it goes in and it reads the card before the actual credit card reads, or reads it. Oh. And you, so they get the credit card number. They get everything about the credit card. It, and it's typically at gas stations. And yeah. so what does it look like? It's inside it looks the... like whatever the gas station pump looks like. Oh, my. It just sits on, front of, on the front of it by, you know, oh. a, a fourth of an inch. So so be aware. We should research what that looks like and then share that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Practice mm-hmm. your hand movements. Okay, okay, so jiggle it. You jiggle it a little yeah, bit? Yeah, uh-huh, you jiggle it. That's what jiggle the police it. tell you to do. Okay. Well, so I had pumped gas, and then, you know, seven hours later, I was getting a notification that somebody in Massachusetts had bought some pizza. And then I thought, oh, it must have been the quick trip. That's the only thing I'd done. And then Mm -hmm. just two days ago, I went to go get gas again, and I pulled up at the same quick trip, and I'm like, oh, look at all these, you know, security labels they now have on all of their pumps. I think they got hit. And then I started thinking, I wonder, you know, if there was a huge... Uh, fuzzy taco thing that made the internet um, because there was some uh, uh, customer or no, an employee was every time you were paying, they were like swiping the card too. And so it all traced back to this fuzzy taco in Texas. Oh, interesting. (laughs) I'm not familiar with fuzzy taco. That does not sound delicious to me. Sounds a lot like this. <laughs> sounds a lot like this wine I'm drinking. Oh, and I now, <laughs> listeners, be be warned. I think this is a delicious wine. I, uh, you know, I, it might be a little tight yet. 
It's true. Again, a pair of panties that somebody else I bought like you. <laughs> I, yeah. I have okay. never heard the word tight used with wine. Mm. Oh, yeah. True. Emily uses that quite a bit, especially when she's referring to wines that need to be aerated for a while. Uh, d- we haven't even given the name of it. I did. What did you yeah. say? It was made by Pierre Legrand. And that's pretty much all that's on. I mean, it says that on the label, it's Pierre Legrand, 2016. Okay. Um, uh, Syrah Gamay. I mean, um, okay. and then it says um, uh, Vigneron Valais du Rhone. So, like, you know, winemaker of Rhone, basically. Yeah. Okay. Well, Rachel, French. what are you drinking that I wish I were drinking? <laughs> oh, that is good stuff. Um, Chateau, it's Rock de Segur, S E G U R. It's a, it's a Bordeaux. Okay. Ooh. 2011. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's very yummy. He's been on, um, I have a, you know, I typically go out to um, some of my kind of uh, uh, chef, um, what do you want to call them? Uh, Hardcore foodie friends. Mm -hmm. And they turn you on to what they've bought and you let me buy some from them. And so this is, this one came out, I believe, of um, a friend's deal, and I went over and bought a case of mixed, you know, and then mm. I throw it up on my wall or I throw it in the wine cellar and I wait and round till I go, what do I want to drink? And so you guys said, what do you have? I'm like, snap, snap, snap. Yeah. Snap. yeah. You had a nice collection. Yeah. Oh, it's not been refilled. It. We're going tomorrow. Um, the one of the wineries here, or it's called Cellar Rat. One of the wine stores does a hundred dollar case, and so you go, oh. you pay ten dollars, you taste all the wines that they have, and then if you buy a caseload, it's the hundred dollars minus the ten dollars. So, oh, very good. We will be drinking again tomorrow night, but that's nice. not normal. So, um, this bottle of wine, what's it taste like, and what's its price point? Um, it. I couldn't tell you what the price point is. It's probably about eighteen dollars, mm-hmm. eighteen to twenty. Um, now that it's an eleven, I have no idea. Right, it, it's kind of yummy. Um, but I am getting. Wait a minute, I'm getting cherry, dark cherry, mm-hmm. and dark chocolate. Mmm, that does sound marvelous. It is. It's really yummy, but um, you know, it's it's just a, a typical. Bordeaux. So okay, that sounds great. Maybe you can snap a photo um, once this is all done and share it What's with that? us, and we'll we'll put it up on our blog. You don't and we'll mind say, the this label is the has wine all Michelle. the wine on it, so you know you've drank. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very good. What? I'm you just okay? like yeah. I mean, I maybe I'm just too harsh, hard on wines. You know. Well, you've gotten much more persnickety now to that we've started the, the no. uh, podcast, which is great. Yeah. Your palate has really is. evolved. And you know, I mean, if I liked everything, they'd be that is cheating. What's cheating? You're eating crackers. No, that's a no, piece it's, of cheese. It's cheese. I or think this cheese. is a, a like yeah. I think this is one of those wines that'll hold up really well with some food. So that's why I was feeding it over to Michelle. I'm like, try she's, this. She's <laughs> tra- trying to make me have me change have me change my mind. <laughs> I'm being the best advocate I can. You know that it it is um, an important thing to realize that not everyone's going to like the same thing you like, mm. and they're not going to like it in the same degree that you like. I mean, my husband are, and I are completely opposites. He loves red wine. He just really doesn't like a white at all, no matter what it is. He'll drink it, 
But I mean, I'm drinking this. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. drinking it, um, you know, because it's here and that's, that's what we right. do on our show. And I'm not going to let the listeners <laughs> down if I'm not drinking it. But I have to, I have to be honest. Mm-hmm. You're a you consummate know. professional. At all times. <laughs> well, let's um, take a real quick break. Yeah, and refill your almost empty glass, Michelle, somebody who is um, mm -hmm, maybe not enjoying this wine. That glass is really... I know. I know. I like the wine. Can you imagine how much I I would be left if I did like the wine? (laughs) We'd already had like, you know, we'd have to end the show because it would be done. You know, I think you guys should drink two bottles of wine to your guest one. (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, I'm not so sure that would work so well. <laughs> people would people would not be able to understand our yeah. Uh, you do realize so the well. name of the p- podcast is literally speaking the podcast, which is hard enough to say sober. I <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to completely screw it up yeah. at the whole time. So we're gonna take a real fast break yeah. and refresh we'll our glasses. Be right back. Sounds good. Did you know 100% cotton is a super fiber when it comes to women's bodies? Not only is it super soft and super breathable, it's clinically proven to help maintain women's health and prevent infection. But almost none of the underwear on the market is 100% cotton. And what is out there is more granny panty than fun. Unlike any of the panties you've talked about, Michelle. Well, they always match the wine we drink, and we've never had granny panty wine on the show. Thank goodness. Let's keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can feel sexy and confident in the layer that's closest to you with all cotton Francie pants. We love Francie pants, and we think you will too. You can shop at lovefrancypants.com and use the code CSTP for 25% off your entire order. Our code, that is CSTP in all capital letters, is good now through April 30th. So get over to lovefrancypants.com and find your perfect panty today. And we're back. We are back. I have a wow. little bit more wine to drink here. Yeah, and some lively conversation during our break. For those of you who love those podcast extras, yeah. I think you will really enjoy. You're going to want to go to the YouTube <laughs> on this one. I, I, I think we, we don't need to recap it. No, and not at all. it at I, all. I, yeah. yeah, I think. No, but I can send you video. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we'll include that in with our, we'll, our blog. We'll include it somewhere. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Mm. Yeah. Well, Rachel, um, when we talked before, uh, we also mentioned that you are an, an independent author. And you mm-hmm. also, you know, said that you were kind of at a point in your life where you haven't been able to write as as frequently or at all lately. And I yeah. wanted to like kind of just hit on a couple of those those things that are keeping you from writing or how are you trying how are you trying to balance things because I, I believe you said that you were having to take care of your parents now as well well um my father passed last March okay and it, it was um Louis body dementia and oh. and we had gotten to the point about three years ago where my sister and I basically had to tell my mom and dad that you know, we love you. And I know you love Florida and it it suits your lifestyle so wonderfully, but you got to move. So what is Louis body dementia? Louis body is a very interesting part of dementia where um, if you know Alzheimer's, Mm -hmm. you, you lose something and you've lost it forever. Mm -hmm. 
So, and you start, you start losing some, some like newer memories and then you go back to losing maybe, um, I don't know, the ability to cut your food or maybe the ability to know where the knives and forks are kept. And, and you just keep kind of chunking away mm-hmm. at your memory and they never come back. Louis body is like an electrical um, rack with switches. And today you wake up and you don't know how to, how to tie your shoes and put on your underwear. Okay. And in an hour, you know how to tie your shoes and put on your underwear, but you don't know where the knives are kept and where the orange juice is. And in another hour, and you just never know. It's really hard with someone who has this type of dementia because one as a caregiver, you know, a family member, you, you want to give them all the independence they possibly can. But you don't know what that is. Right. Whereas yeah. dementia and Alzheimer's, you typically know, okay, mom or dad is at the point where they can't walk. They can shuffle, but they really can't walk. They need a walker. Mm-hmm. Louis body, it's just every day is every hour day. is something yeah. different. Right. And, that's, and that mean, becomes dangerous for the caregiver as well as the the yeah. your the parent. It does. It does absolutely. And I was really lucky my father kept his health up. He was very vibrant. He wanted to run. He wanted to walk. He wanted to get out. But, you know, you have to kind of work with these things. And, you know, they always have these wonderful, we can put a watch on you and see where you are on our Apple phone Mm -hmm. and do all that. Mm, You know, it's if my dad had never worn a watch, he didn't want to wear a watch now. He, you know, he, uh, there was just so many, you you didn't want to lariat around him. And so it was an interesting progression for us as a family. And my sister and I had said, you get to go to Northern Virginia where my sister lives, or you get to come here to Kansas city where Mm -hmm. I live. I'm sorry, we're making you choose. Mm -hmm. And that was so immensely hard to say, I love you. I respect you. You are the be all and all. You are the person I've gone to all my life and said, what about this? What do mm-hmm. I need to do? And, and called on your wealth of information to now turn around and go, you need to listen to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. you can do that Change when you're 17 or 25 and you got all the chutzpah in the world. Mm-hmm. But when you're sitting here at 55 going, I love you. But dad, you don't, you don't remember. And he, you know, he still believed he could drive and, and it was just hard. And then you see your mother, my mother, just, you know, basically shriveling down because of stress under the stress. Mm -hmm. So he would wake up and want to walk around, you know, right. Didn't matter what time of day it was. So how, um, how many years, like, when did you start to see the first signs and how many years did he battle this? It, if you knew my dad, my dad was this amazing athlete. And at his 70th birthday party, we went rock climbing. Wow. wow. And he bested all of us. And I was the, uh, there's my sister and I, there's only the two of us. And my sister said, um, yay, dad wants to go rock climbing. Get your ass up there. I'm not getting my fat ass up there. So take my girls, take your kids and go up, you know? And I did. And he was fine. And then, you know, you kind of get little midian is like no big deal. When he was 77, um, we were zip lining through alligator infested waters. Oh my at gosh. One of these 
Florida parks. Okay. And okay. Hold on. Hold on. You agreed to go zip lining an alligator again. in fa- twice. This was a, this was not the first time. So, so Rachel, get your ass up there. Wow. I would never go zip lining over alligator infested waters. No. Yeah. I no, I'm all Mm-mm. uh-uh. Okay. Well, you're safety line Dan. You're fine. Oh yeah, right. Mm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Haven't you watched those movies on Netflix? I mean, I'm <laughs> if anybody's gonna fall off of the zip line, I'm gonna be the one right there in the middle of the crocodile swamp. It's not pretty. Uh, no, but it wouldn't we, be. <laughs> and um my kids ran out in front, then my my sister's children ran out, and then there was my father and I. And we got to the first tree where you had to take your safety line off and move it around the tree, cl- clip it back oh, on. sure. Safety second line off and clip it back on. And my father took his first line off and went. Oh, he, he got confused. He didn't know what to do and with it, huh? My daughter was about 30 feet down from us and she was like, I heard her go, holy shit. And I'm thinking the same thing. Yeah, something's wrong. And yeah. Something's wrong. Right. And so he completed the course. He completed, you know, halfway through the course when they can get off. And I had to do the second half, which was not pretty because then I had to go to a wedding in heels and a dress. <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't sit. My thighs were like. <laughs> <laughs> so and, um, and our then listeners, Rachel just mouthed the profanity said, to us. Hell? And she said, oh, you know, I was tired. Were you concerned that he might have had a stroke like that when you were up there ziplining with him? No. And he, no, you, so it, you knew it was no. something completely. My grandfather had Alzheimer's or dementia. We're okay. not exactly sure. And we've come to learn his mother, my great grandmother had it. And so we kind of immediately went to my grandfather and was like, mm, yeah, right. Yeah. Michelle, do you have a history of Alzheimer's in your family? No, not that we're aware of. Yeah. Nobody that's, that's has good. had I, any of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean that it won't affect somebody in my family. Sure, of course. You know? It's not a pretty disease. Yeah, and yeah. You, you know, you can have it, you can not have it, you can get it. I mean, it's just crazy. Now, are you concerned for yourself? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I can't remember shit now. <laughs> or you do. What am I going to be like in 20 years? I'm like, or, uh, or 10 or, you know, or, 10, or tomorrow or after the podcast is over. I mean, seriously. I'm like, oh my God, just keep feeding me wine. So no. are you doing anything to like from a preventative standpoint? I, oh, okay. So red wine is fabulous for you. We're in good shape. Okay. Michelle. Yeah. Um, Exercise, yoga, and all the damn phone apps I can get that mm-hmm. are like, you know, um, numbers and uh, like memory, memory and mind work, right? Yeah. And I'm not a big gamer, but yeah, those, that and languages, you know, I'm trying to polyvu from saying and okay ah, and point. all that. And those little things that kind of connect all the brain cells together are what we're trying. Yeah. 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 I definitely have um, a history of Alzheimer's in my family, Uh, definitely on my mom's side. Um, Pretty much all of, so my grandfather had it, his three sisters all had some form of it, Um, my grandmother had it, so it's definitely something I'm hyper aware of. Um, Yeah, yeah, you know, it is, it's so interesting, um, because I've seen it where it can be frustrating to the person that's 
like, you know, that's oh, yeah. losing their skills. But honestly, mm-hmm. like with my grandfather, it was actually more frustrating to the family, us, the family around than it was to him. He was actually pretty innocent about the fact that these things were happening to him. He really, it didn't really register with him, which is thankful. Mm-hmm. He remained pretty happy until his last day. And, um, you know, I, I actually um, have a, a wonderful last memory of him. I um, He had really gotten to the point where all, every, all of the skills were gone and he was um, had really no memory of, of anyone. And I, I do remember um, seeing him and, you know, saying my final goodbye to him and saying, you know, I love you, Grandpa. And he opened his eyes and grabbed my hand and he said, I love you too, Emily. And just the fact that everything was gone, but that moment, he, he had you. He connected me. He with me. had you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just, mm-hmm. I will never forget that moment. Yeah, that's very it, special. It, really, it is. It's really special. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But so your parents yeah. moved up like three years ago. So is that what yes. you said? So that and was then, pretty fast. And then, and what? It was that was pretty fast. They moved up and then he was passed he was away gone, pretty yeah. quickly after that. My mother had a TIA. So she oh, lost goodness. her sight in one eye for a couple hours. Thankfully, while I was on vacation with her. And um and we were just like, holy shit, it, you know, you need to be around people who can take care of you. Because my sister in Florida, I'm out in Kansas City. My parents are down, or my sister in Virginia, right. they're in Kansas City, Florida. Uh, you know, yeah. we just can't drop everything and fly in. So it mm. was hard because they had to say goodbye to a lifestyle where they just walked out their front door and walked everywhere and biked everywhere yeah. and, and had this wonderful weather and did everything. And they got stuck here in Kansas City with, you know, they lived here. And that's Winter. the reason I'm here. It can be. Oh, re- because of them. Yeah, because I was, I, was in, I was in Sacramento about to file for divorce. And my parents drove out there and said, my father, bless his heart, had the, the best way with words. He said, you can do it your way or you can do it the right way. Get in the fucking minivan. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Me and my boys drove across country in my parents' minivan, listening to um, Stephen Spil or Stephen um, uh, King on mm. writing, and letting the boys pee out the, the out the door. Wow! Um, um, yeah, they had a blast peeing out the door. They were young. They were like, oh my there was God, no stopping. The only time you stop is to get gas. Right. And and, and at that point in time, the ladies can pee. But otherwise, yep. all the boys and all the men just like exactly. stick it out the window and so let, I, let it let, let I it got loose. here. I had never lived here before. I had family here, but I had never lived here. I got here and within nine months, my parents had jettisoned to Florida and said, see you later. Have fun. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, OK, I'm here. We'll make the best of it. And this is honestly the first place I've ever lived where the the saying "grow where you're planted" yeah. has actually meant something. I, I I finally got to the place where I wasn't going. Oh, that looks so much better over there. That mm-hmm. looks so much cleaner. <laughs> or oh, that looks like an amazing life I'd like to try. And I got here and I was like, yeah, you know, let's try this shit. And now I've been here since a week after nine eleven. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, Kansas City is a lot of fun. It is. It's really fun. And there's great Kansas people City. here. It's a lot like St. Louis. Um, Except. 
Except you don't cut your bagels the way we cut our bagels. Oh my gosh, what is going on with that? (laughs) And you don't have Prevel cheese, thank God. (laughs) Oh oh my God. Uno Mm -hmm. pizza, oh my God. I that's the one thing I just could not get into. Oh with yeah, that pizza. I'm not a Prevel person either. I don't like the way it sticks to your teeth. It's like Velveeta, I but white. The hell thought of putting cheese whip on pizza. Right. <laughs> like, it, well, pizza. it wasn't the same person who decided to cut bagels like cake. Uh, your bagel cutting is now like I don't that's a great idea. Oh. Yeah, I that's don't understand where that came from. It's a totally okay. great idea. Go ahead. Let me let me just okay. So my mother, I grew up in a household where my mother was on a diet every single day of my life. I grew up like the whole mantra in my head is don't waste your calories. Yeah. So if you can have a bagel, a big old bagel for 350 calories and you cut it in half and you smear it and you do all the fun stuff and you eat it, that's 350 calories. Right. But if you can cut it in 20 pieces. And then still have the cream cheese on every bite. Yeah, that's I I can get that. I totally get that. And you can use more cream cheese because you have like two sides of each piece. I mean, let's face it. That's the best part anyway. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Smoked salmon. Oh, yeah. Caviar. Oh, my God. And this way you can Uh also try other other flavors, other varieties of the bagel without having. One little slice. I don't like that. Instead of a whole bagel and then have to pass it on to your husband or your boyfriend. Right. Well, we like to say we we eat things very classy here in St. Louis. And that's just (laughs) how we eat. Keep it classy, St. Louis. (laughs) We eat our bagels. (laughs) Um, So let's, let's take another quick break. A quick one okay. this time, and then mm-hmm. um, let's come back. We'll dive a little bit further into um, into this into you into Rachel <laughs> Allen. <laughs> All right, sounds great. Okay. And we're back on clearly speaking the podcast. Emily's been um, forcing me to drink more and more of this wine, thinking eventually I'm going to love it. I know. I'm pretty wild about it. But and think, she loves it. And yeah. I told her that, in all honesty, it is not my favorite, but I no longer hate the people who gave me the package of <laughs> Fruit of the Loom panties for Christmas that I didn't ask for. Fair so, so, so there you go. Okay. It's no longer... I mean, it's it's a little concession here. I, I I have to say, as an update, as this has opened up, <laughs> like so much more is coming out. Strawberry, rosemary, tart cher- cherry, like it's really getting more and more complex. I think it's worth a try. So, well, I want you to make sure that you write this down as something I do not want to receive for my birthday. I, I'm <laughs> coming I, up. <laughs> I think the message has been received. You don't need to send that one in a bottle. <laughs> opening up i'm thinking i'm going back to my 20s oh Ooh. see i want more of that kind of wine oh well yeah we'll see what we can do for that for the next show all right Michelle. all right all right well rachel your parents um have impacted your your writing your publishing and yeah yeah absolutely and and how have you how have you kind of like like either coped with that. I mean, and please let our listeners know, I mean, rachelellen.com, but like, you know, what kind of books you you like to write and um, the stories and, and how you're coping. I am, I am completely the roadmap of what not to do. Um, I'm a publicist <laughs> nightmare. I write children's, I write everything from children's to like chiclet. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, yeah. What's um, chiclet? All the way to erotica. 
It's whatever's going on up here has to come out kind of, you know, here. Yeah. Um, My parents have always uh, impacted my writing. My mother was, um, she has her master's from Cornell in English literature. She was always my first editor. She was always the one that was like, you just go for it, girl. Um, I was the, I am the age of the first emails. And Mm. when I lived all over the world, email was how I kept in touch with my family. And not so much my family, I would email my father, who worked at IBM, because we had this inner, you know, this crazy little system, I'd email him, and then he would then print it out, my mother would mail it to every aunt, so like, here's where Rachel is, and what she's doing, you know, because I'm, I'm the oldest, needless to say, um, and that's where we kind of got to it, I had one aunt who kept telling me I had to be an Irma Bond back, I needed a syndicated column, and I'm like, yeah, and how do I do that, right. you know, now I'd know, because we You've got Google, you can go, how do you come to become a syndicated columnist? Boom. Yeah. Back then you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. So, you know, yeah. just keep writing. Um, and so it, my mom has always been the most supportive person. I found out after my father died, the way my father supported me was he bought stocks in whatever company I was working for. Oh, how sweet. Oh my gosh. Isn't that adorable? I did not have any idea, but when I... I, you know, I started taking over more of the financial responsibility and I'm like, oh my God, I bought this. It shows such support for what you were doing. That is just beautiful. He was a total engineering introvert kind of guy. He played an extrovert well, but he was a total introvert. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I grew up with both parents reading, you know, a gobsnap. I mean, just of books every week. We go to the library and my parents, I don't know how people can read more than one book at one time. But they could. Yeah, there are people and, that can. Yeah. Oh, my God. And they just would. My mother, every Saturday, I take her to the library, and I probably check out 20 books for her. Currently? Oh, I love that. Currently. Wow. She wow. She's completely happy sitting on a couch reading all of her murder mysteries. Wow. That is awesome. Sure. That is awesome. Yeah, it is. I'm like, mom, you need to be on Goodreads because you can't remember what you read. <laughs> so, how many how many books have you yourself written? Uh, I'm up to about thirteen. I'm working on the fourteenth one right now. I'm working on a chiclet. And what I, what is, is a chiclet, by the way? It, it's kind of uh, you know women's lit. It's a fictional oh. piece. It's not like a beach read. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a good read. It's it's not a murder mystery. It's not a fantasy. It's not sci-fi. It's just contemporary fiction, but gay, uh, aimed towards women. And this one is kind of the premise is um, uh, what happens to a woman who's newly divorced and gets her hands on voodoo. Oh, this sounds really interesting. Are you writing from your own personal experience (laughs) there? uh, Not from personal experience, maybe from personal dreams. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So are you having to research voodoo for this project? I am. So it's completely, I need the um, medical ID bracelet that says delete my browser history. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, what if, like, what's something that you learned in this research that was maybe like, I don't know, one of the more impressive things that you've learned. 
um, I would probably say the um, the length of time voodoo has been in the world, uh, specifically in the Caribbean mm-hmm. area, that it uh, is both male and female, mm-hmm. that um, it's just been ingrained since, I mean... It's fascinating, the history it of voodoo. It is. It's mm-hmm. just amazingly. And the amount of voodoo and what all the different terms and practices. And this book specifically um, targets the Dominican Republic because I'm putting it right at the corner of, of, of Haiti. Okay. You know, And um, it's just... So now have you traveled to the Dominican Republic in research as well? Oh, how fabulous. 28 countries. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Michelle, I, I my husband spent all of his uh traveling on the on the uh like um far east and he lived in Japan for 12 years and did all that crazy stuff that I've never been to that side. I've been to Europe and everything else. So um, it's been fun because I'm like, look at this, look at this. Yeah. It's like, oh. yeah. So you're in, the, you're in the process of writing it right now, researching it, writing it out. And uh-huh. probably. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have to have it finished. This book, I this one and one other book I've been writing for two years, which normally I'm about four books a year three to four books a year mm-hmm. and they're children's books. And you know, they're like 3000 words. So it's much easier, but when you're writing 3000 words, it's hard to get it that quick and, and get all the junk done. So this one I figure will come in around 40,000, which you don't think is very much, but yeah. for me right now, I have very small time frame to devote to it. Cause I still, um, I take my mom out every Saturday and probably every Sunday and we go shopping and we get, I have such a limited amount of time. I know, I know she won't be here that much longer. Yeah. And yeah. So I'm really Soak just relishing every moment I have with her because I was that kid who was never the same place that they were. Yeah. Um, I was that kid that just never, never found it until, because it was missing here. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't the place I was living. It was here. Right. Well, well, and then now that you have this opportunity to be with her parents, it's kind of like, <gasps> you know, I didn't have them on, for a, an extended period of time from my 25 to 30 and ask them all those questions or spend that time with them. And now you have this sort of gift to spend with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am, I'm the kid that I, my, my sister adores my mother. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but my mother drives her up a tree. I'm the opposite where I just find my mother wonderful and just yeah. adorable. And, you know, she's, she's a pistol and I, I would love to write about her and, and talk about her in, in more open terms, but she's very private. And I told her the minute you croak, mom, I am writing a book about you. And she's like, okay. <laughs> right, right. Oh. Okay, so right for any of our, what, all right. So our listeners are out there, they're completely interested in Rachel Allen and rachelallen.com. If you were to recommend your top three books for them to start out on reading your materials, which ones would it be? And then with the voodoo book would probably look in what, 18 months before it would be in print. Oh no, no, this, I have a New York editor online for this month. Okay. Um, who's, who's reviewing it. It should be out by June. Wow. Oh, that's exciting. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm really excited with that. I don't even have the cover. I have not, you know, yeah. I, I normally wake up one day and I'm like, oh, I just know exactly what the cover should kind of look like. And then I hand it over to an artist that I adore and he comes up with amazing work, which is one of the most fun things I can do in, in what I it, what I do now is I work with these unbelievably gifted people. And so I'm, I'm there, I'm, I'm like this close to it and she's going to take it here in the next week and oh, fun. tweak the jeebers out of it. And um, I don't think I'm going to sell this one to, to like, you know, I'm not going to shop it. Okay. Um, I'm going straight to production and because uh, um, my book Pixie Shoes, mm-hmm. which is a middle grade kind of um beginner chapter a little bit better than beginner so second third grade chapter read that I got to Amazon bestseller so I know I can do it yeah Um, this one is adult fiction I swear to god I'm gonna challenge my husband's like I don't know about a hundred thousand I'll fucking get a tattoo (laughs) on my ass of a voodoo doll if I can do a hundred thousand books and he's like deal and I'm like all right so your ass is doing this so um so yeah, I think I'm going to challenge the world for a hundred thousand books, and I'll tattoo. And my I guess ass we are, we're going to. Although it's old, my ass is old, <laughs> and it probably isn't what you want to see. But I will do it live if I get to hundred. Oh well, you're you are a brave woman. <laughs> So I have a question for you, Rachel. You are so vibrant and clearly outgoing, but I have a f- I, I, I understand that being a writer can be very insular. Like you're you're at home, you're you're all alone while, when you're going through that process. How do you balance that? You know, here you are having to be in, inside yourself in in a quiet space to write. Meanwhile, you're so vivacious and I, clearly I can tell that you you get something from being around others. I I have two favorite spots to write. I there was a bar I loved to go to and I could sit in a back corner and watch everything and there's something about um, ambient noise that isn't my own. If I, if I were to put on a music right now, I would be like, you know, into the music <laughs> and I can't write. So I go out to a bar, I get a cup of coffee, um, I get a glass of wine, possibly a scotch, and I sit there for an hour and I crank out 1,500, 2,000 words and have a great night. Otherwise, I go downstairs to my basement and I literally put on horror movies. Whoa. For your ambient noise. 20 or 40 times. (laughs) And yeah, and I can write a chapter in an hour without any issue. I've watched Alien, all of them. Uh-huh. Yeah. 50 times. Um, you, you know, what uh, are, what are, so are you an old school horror film fanatic or like all, all of it? All over the board. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. What's your favorite horror film, Michelle? I am not a horror film person. Uh, I'm not. My, my, yeah, I'm not. My go-to to write was I would put on, um, the Ray LaMontagne station. Oh yeah. And, the, and I would peaceful. just, I would just write to that. I mean, I could totally churn out a bunch of stuff when that was on anything else. I would, I would be, you know, I just couldn't. So I have friends who literally sit in the car in the park writing. I have friends who have to have a desk and absolutely no noise. And yeah. I am more of that, um, Dark and stormy night, ambient noise. Give me a glass Clearly. of wine. Let me just sit there. Mm-hmm. So, what's your favorite horror film, Rachel? 
Oh, my favorite? Mm-hmm. Um, right now, oh my God, I have so many. This is I like know, asking tough. what my favorite chocolate is. Um, <laughs> I... I, uh, okay. Alien is my go-to. Okay. Um, I love, I love just the campiness of Final Destination. Um, Zombieland's amazing. Uh, um, uh, World War Z is fabulous. Um, oh, I know. Cabin in the Woods. Oh my God. That took everything. Uh, <laughs> that one is so scary. That gave me nightmares. I think that movie is absolutely terrifying. I, I had, oh my God. I, (laughs) it is so campy. It is wonderful. So I had uh, a Halloween party one year. I used to throw these Halloween parties every year, and every year they just got bigger and bigger. And people were very committed to their costumes. And one year, um, this was when I was living in a very wooded setting, friends came as those characters and like, positioned themselves in the woods all throughout the night and we started seeing like these people and eventually they came in and were a part of the party but it was very terrifying to me yeah, I would awesome. I, I would I would not ever attend another Halloween party at your house I, I love it yeah yeah so, so for me, I'm going to share my favorite okay. real quickly. Oh, what, and then, okay, so I have a couple. I also, I'm a very old school horror. Like the new stuff that gets very gratuitous with gore, I, I, I struggle with. But I really loved the original Night of the Living Dead. My great aunts gave that movie to me when I was like six. <laughs> so, you know, that was my first introduction to horror, which was terrifying at first, but I, I grew to love it. And then um, and then a, 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 a movie that a friend introduced me to a few years ago that I just love is The Bad Seed. Yes. And, yes. I have not heard of it. No. Yeah. This yes. Is, so this is kind of like a harken back to our very first episode. Oh, okay. It's like a child sociopath. Oh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it is wonderful. So yeah, oh, those are my, my picks. Gosh. Yeah. That is so funny. Well, <laughs> um, I have these scars on my face from Night of the Living Dead. What? How, what, so what were you like clawing at your face? What was going on? I was 16. I was at my best friend's house in Virginia. We had a couple of guys over and we were drinking beer. Oh, yeah. Well. And so they said, hey, let me take you home. Right. And Ooh. we're like, yeah, okay. So I don't remember the car, but it was like a Cutlass or a Rambler or whatever. And there's three of us in the front seat. Of yeah. course, me in the middle. And I was only a, a half a mile from my girlfriend's house, maybe three quarters of a mile. And you got to remember, this is um, Washington, D.C. It's horse country. It's really small roads. And they were like, okay, so we're driving along. You know, and you're with in that a big, like, cutlass. Yeah. And they said, where's your house? And I said, right there. And <laughs> they followed my finger. Oh, no. Down off the road. Oh, God. In front of the church. They landed in front of the church? In a telephone pole in front of the church. Oh, my God. So we walked home and walked up the dirt road past the ghost house. There was this beautiful, it is now like, I mean, a $4 million house. But back then when I was a kid, it was was a ghost ghost house. house. Completely desolate oh it was crazy walked up walked down to my house my uncle 
God bless him. My uncle Don, who was an alcoholic, was asleep on my on my couch. I walk in. I, unbeknownst to me, I have blood dripping down my oh. face, dripping down through here. Yeah. Right? And he, we walk in and we're like, ah, we wrecked the car. Right? <laughs> it was my car, thank God. Yeah. And my uncle goes, hmm, um, go to the bathroom and clean yourself up while I take care of the boys. And the boys, you Ooh. know, got on the house phone because back then dun, no dun, cell phones, right? house phone. they got friends to come get with a chain and take the car and take it back to wherever. And my uncle's like, I'm going to wake your mom and dad up and you just sit here for a minute. Meanwhile, I'm noticing in the mirror that my tongue oh. came out. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, you were definitely the star of your own horror oh story. God. You are lucky to be alive. We go to the hospital and there's a plastic surgeon on call in the, in the ER. Yeah. So my mom wow. was like, oh my God, thank God there's a plastic surgeon. You're going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is, wow. that is quite the story, I'm Rachel. Quite the sweet 16 right story there. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, for our listeners out there, the moral of the story is you're not supposed to be drinking beer when you're 16. Mm-mm. No, mm. you're not. Mm. Or at least have a plastic <laughs> surgeon in the ER. Always have a plastic, or find the find the ER that has a plastic surgeon in it make sure your drunk uncle is on the couch when you come home. <laughs> the advice of right. the day right right wow well this wow. has been awesome rachel um we are going to ha- provide links to your website off of ours you. and you'll send us those videos and oh, yeah. um, i'm looking forward to reading your new book when it's out in june it is absolutely the best writing i've done i'm so thrilled we can't Fantastic. wait. Absolutely. It's exciting. Yeah. Exciting. Sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today. Another delightful conversation. Absolutely. And all of you listeners out there, be sure to go to our iTunes and all of the places that we have mm-hmm. we are on your you know, where you get your podcast from. Please like us and share it and five star us because that's the way that other people can discover clearly speaking the podcast. Follow us on all of our socials. Yeah. That's right. And um, we know buy the wine. And I know that um, Emily has the phone number. Ooh, do I? Memorize. Let's try it. Let's try it. I think, I think, is it 812 727 0794? That's awesome. All right. All right. So we will be back next week. Here right. on Clear Speaking the Podcast. Thanks again, Rachel. Thank Cheers you. Cheers to you. Cheers, Cheers, everyone. Cheers, ladies. Cheers. Woo!